We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, episode 108 with Kara Forbear. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. And if you are listening to this, you are probably someone who wants to do better. And I've done a little favor for you. I have taken all the things I've learned from 100 plus episodes of Transformative Principle and condensed them down into one five piece item list to make sure that you can be a Transformative Principle yourself. If you're interested in that, sign up at transformativeprinciple.org for the newsletter, and you'll get that as a free gift. Thank you so much for following. Today, I am honored to have on the podcast Kara Forbear. She is an assistant principal at Edwin Lowe Elementary School in Newtown, North Dakota. And since embarking on her life's endeavor to pursue education with a vigorous thirst for knowledge, it has become a goal to ensure that every learner, native or otherwise, are not underestimated and each are considered contenders for success in life. Kara, welcome, and thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I think it's uh, great to have the opportunity to reach out to a broad audience and meet and speak with uh, other like-minded professionals in the field of education administration. So I look forward to our discussion. Thank you so much. One of the reasons why I wanted to chat with you is that you are a Native American person and have a much different life story than most of the people that are probably listening. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your life growing up and how you got to the position that you're at now. Okay. Uh, Well, I grew up mainly on the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation, uh, tribal reservation in South Dakota. And I grew up raised by extended family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, growing up with cousins and whatnot. Um, When I became an adolescent, then I had been turned to the foster child system in South Dakota. I was fortunate to have a wonderful foster family through that experience. And after that 
portion of my life, I decided that, that it would be best if I were emancipated as a young adult and adolescent. And I had earned a very good work ethic at an early age, thanks to my foster family. And so I knew what it took to survive in life as far as um, being employed, being responsible for paying bills and things of that nature. And so it, it was a journey from day one, to be honest with you, this life. <laughs> and it's been fun along the way, a lot, a lot of fun along the way. With that, after I become emancipated, it was not very easy to juggle school and working to survive, essentially. So I ended up dropping out of school, which was not my first choice of things to do because I knew I was a very strong student and I had a passion for learning at a really young age. School was one of my most favorite places to be. I had some fabulous teachers along the way. They each had something different to offer me as a student. And I can honestly say that I've I've learned something and I've pulled things from their strengths that I think about and reflect on sometimes that help me be a better educator uh, today. And um, through my 20s, I guess you could say, I, I traveled the United States and experienced different parts of life by way of work. And it had become apparent to me that it was time to uh, follow my dream and, and really finish my education to, to get moving in a different direction. Because the skills that I had at the time, just weren't enough for me to, to have the things I wanted in life or to uh, be able to, for instance, have a substantial savings if an emergency were to happen. And those things you think about, you know, as a young adult, uh, not so much, but once you become a little older, those things are very important to have. So with that, I did finish uh, my GED, my general education diploma, with flying colors, of course. Uh, it wasn't for lack of ability to learn. It was maybe opportunity due to circumstances in life. And beyond that, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I jumped into a tribal college, a United Tribes Technical College in Bismarck, North Dakota. I was scared out of my mind because it had been a while since I'd been in the classroom. But I... How many years had it been since you'd been in school in a classroom before that? It had been 13, 14 years. I believe I dropped out of school um, my sophomore year in high school. And I started college at 29 as a non-traditional college student. And at that time, like I said, it, you know, you, you haven't been in the classroom for a while and you haven't had the need to uh, use certain skills. And, and they, they fade, but if you have the ability, I, I think it's there. You have the will and the want. So that's a, that's a pretty long time, Kara. What, what actually made you want to go back to school? You talked a little bit about wanting to you know, have a better life for yourself. But was there some impetus that made you realize that that was important? Or did you just, have you, had you always been putting it off and you finally said, okay, I'm going to do it? Well, you know, maybe a combination of things. Um, life on the reservation is, is a struggle for many due to many socioeconomic and, and, and other reasons. And I can't say that they are the doom and gloom or the, the reason for the failure of much of the population uh, right now, depending on what statistics you look at, the graduation rate for high school for Native Americans on any given reservation is 
it can range from 45 to 70%. Unemployment rates are about as high as 80 to 90% in some in some areas. So th- there's a, a lot to struggle with in, in the smaller scope of society on a reservation uh, beyond, you know, your own dreams and goals. So I'd have to say seeing the world starting to pass me by. I had spent some early years really enjoying life and traveling and visiting different parts of of the country and experiencing the cultures and ways of those different regions within the United States. And there was like a knock at the door and it was just like, you know what, we got to do this. We just got to get in here and we got to find a way to I guess I enjoy making people happy and having fun with people and connecting with people and learning about people. And there had to be a better way for me to be able to do that. And to be honest with you, I went into education because I knew it'd be a solid foundation, but not with the intent of becoming a teacher or eventually an administrator. It was really logistically planning, I guess, the rest of my life. And and who knew? I fell in love with education. I fell in love with teaching. And it was a, a dream career come true. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I think most of us who are in education really do feel like it's a dream career come true. Your story is pretty powerful about how impactful that can be on a person's life. So thanks for sharing that small portion of your life. So you started college at about 29 and um, you started technical college. Talk about the transition into education. Well, you know, I, I, I strongly remember uh, my first, I had to take some remedial courses, of course, because my skills weren't quite up to par. But it happened so quickly, uh, the catching up, the, the just being hungry for wanting to know more. And it all started with the task of having to write a paragraph. And, and it may sound so simple and and uh, to most, but if you haven't done that in a long time, it is a struggle, you know, and, you, and especially if you want to get things like that right. So that evolved into, you know, a one-page paper and a two-page paper and, and so forth. And, you know, I've completed graduate school and hope to begin studies on a doctorate now. And, and I look back and I was like, what an incredible journey. If you just put it in the scope of like how difficult it was to write a paragraph to to how far I've come down the road now. And because I've experienced the success in something um, as simple as even writing, I feel like I have so much to share and so much I want to give back to the student populations that I serve and those in the communities um, on the reservations. It's I just really firmly believe there is no student that cannot succeed if they have the right support and the right resources behind them to do so, despite what's going on in their lives outside of school. Yeah. And a lot of times we focus on those things that are going on outside of their lives in school and put maybe too much emphasis on that when if we focus on the resources they have in school, we can really help them. What are some of the things that helped you as you were an adult, non-traditional student going to college? What were some of the things that helped you make it through that so that you could be successful? Well, um, as I mentioned before, my family's a little scattered. Um, I do have some some great family members that are mentors. Um, 
One was my Uncle Randolph. He did go to graduate school and he graduated from the University of Hawaii, I believe, with a master's in public health. And he just always stuck out to me as, as a mentor. But but beyond that, along the way, it's, it was making the connections with instructors, with visiting instructors, seeking out people who are really good in the direction that I wanted to go in and not being afraid to ask the questions that were on my mind to find the answers that I was looking for. Not taking no for an answer, being persistent uh, is definitely one way to, to go about it. It's, it's worked for me. And you can do that without being, being brash or, or overly, how should I say, you know, you've, you've got to temper that, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better way to explain it. But you've just got to get in there and you got to do it. And you'd be surprised, pleasantly surprised, I think most would be, that for the better part, most people really want to help you. I mean, you have an interest in learning about them and learning from them, and they really see that it's genuine. Most people will, will help you out in any way that they can. And so having those positive supports, um, I still maintain a solid network of professional mentors from my own studies and starting in technical college and then going uh, through graduate school and even professional mentors. Uh, as a matter of fact, even though I'm an assistant principal now, I'm new to the state of North Dakota as an administrator. And I've recently begun participating in the North Dakota Principal and Mentorship Program, which is new for the state. And my mentor is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, That's we, great. Yes, yes. You know, you have to be open to that. Uh, you have to be open to saying, I don't know. I think maybe I could have done that differently. Maybe I was wrong. What could I have done differently? And be reflective, I think, in, in most everything you do. And even your successes. I think you need to be reflective with your successes and your triumphs uh, throughout the day or week. And um, so it's really great to have all these different people to connect with and, and bounce those ideas off and and listen to their wisdom as you, you know, as you discuss those things and just really pull out as much information as possible to learn from them. Yeah, I, I really like that idea of be reflective in your successes. Let's take a little detour and talk a little bit about that. How, is, how has that helped you throughout your life with the struggles you've had and the positive things that have happened? Well, you know, it, it's, I think learning patience was one of the, the first things that I needed to do. I remember being very strong filled in, in my first two years in an undergrad program. And I had a discussion with uh, one of my, my mentors and she said, you know, you need to relax <laughs> and, and you need to slow down. And you need to think about things, you know, don't be so in a rush. It'll come to you. Things will happen when they're supposed to happen. They're going to happen for all the right reasons if you just be patient. And so I, I, I kind of live by that now. It's, it's easy even when you're having conversations with people. Besides this, this is, this is an interview, so it's a little different. I'm a little chatty. But just being a really active listener and participating in a conversation uh, just by listening to people. I think uh, people need to be heard. Parents want to be heard. Students want to be heard. Teachers want to be heard. And even though you may hear a lot within a day, you can really gain a better perspective or a better view of who that person is and what their needs really are. 
Yeah, absolutely. And for sure, it is my job to listen now. And I know that your story is helping a lot of other people who are listening to this as well. So I appreciate you being chatty and and being uh, clear and talking about the things you're going through. You know, as you were, when you started teaching, was your desire to focus on Native American students on the reservation? Or did you want to get away from that lifestyle. And before you answer that, think about that for a sec. I do just want to say, if I say anything offensive, it's not my intention. And I could refer to things incorrectly or say something that might be offensive. That's not what I'm doing on purpose. That's just me not knowing the proper way to say things. So I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I hope you'll forgive me if I do say something inappropriate. <laughs> oh, not at all. This is, you know, we're learning from each other and it's it's just a great opportunity. So you just be you. You're doing great. <laughs> so how did you feel when you were ready to start teaching? Did you want to go back on the reservation or did you want to get away from that life? Well, you know, that, that was something that I think when I, if, when I was younger, if I had gone into college, maybe in my early 20s, I think I would have veered away, to be honest with you. But as a non-traditional student and having started school, you know, later, I felt the need, I felt drawn back, I guess. In our program at uh, United Tribes Technical College, we were, I guess, sort of groomed to want to be teachers within Bismarck, because Bismarck is, you know, the state capital of North Dakota. It's a large city. There are reservations uh, scattered throughout the state, and they're very rural, and we were invited or urged to become teachers within the district of Bismarck uh, because there is a large student population there. And the reasoning being that they needed more positive Native role models and teachers within the schools to help serve that demographic, uh, which I don't disagree with. But I just really felt that there was so much more work. I felt that the students there, I thought, you know, this school district here has a lot of resources. I think these kids are going to be just fine. <laughs> so I decided to uh, embark on a journey and, and went to a nearby reservation, not my own uh, reservation. And I started working as a kindergarten teacher. So to answer your question, you know, I, I felt the need to get out there. I needed to be home. They almost, it's a, it's a weird feeling. I don't know how to describe it. When you are from a reservation or you grow up on or near one, you you know when you home when you're home when you cross the reservation border and you're driving say to visit family or something like that it's almost like entering a different country i don't know how to describe it but it is very euphoric i mean you feel so relaxed and so i thought you know i've got to do this you know if i can do this other kids can do this people need to know that i'm going to say the throwaway kids, and, and I, I mean that very loosely, it's the kids uh, that people give up on, the rough kid in the class who doesn't have everything or his family's got all the problems. Those are the kind of the kids I wanted to advocate for. And those are the kids I wanted to build relationships with and connect with and, and do things for. And, and so, yes, I was drawn back for, for many reasons. But that being the number one, um, I felt that they needed to have that positive Native role model teacher there for them that they could look up to that could give them ideas um, on what to do with their lives or, you know, pull out their interests and drive them in certain directions for study and different things like that. Basically to be their champion and their cheerleader. Yeah. And that's really a neat way that you describe that. 
That was a great interview with Kara Forbear. She is really a uh, inspiration to me. She taught me a lot, way more than we could fit into that short interview. That was just the beginning. So we're going to talk next time about her life after um, going back to school and all the things that she has done and how she helps kids now on the reservation and uh, really a great story of success from her. So please share this uh, podcast with your friends. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash transformative principle or go to transformativeprinciple.org. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Go to edupodcastnetwork.com. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.